Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd. Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Ran Out Podcast, brought to you by my guy Colin Coward and his podcast network. Back again Thursday. You know, we got actually, I think the the Denver Broncos, Arizona Cardinals reported for camp today or maybe yesterday. They started practicing today. Uh, I know a bunch of other teams report next week. I, I think in about 10 days, the majority of teams should be in pads. That's. That, to me, sparks the beginning of training camp, is when do you put on pads? Uh, I know for me, the 49ers should be in pads by, like, the 29th. So I'm basically 10 days away from that. Uh, That's the way I look at it. So I'm excited. We all should be excited. A lot of people keep asking me, are we going to do a three-and-out fantasy football league? I'm going to have to dive and look a little more into that. But I know you guys, a lot of you guys play fantasy. I'm not opposed to playing fantasy. I'm more of a daily fantasy guy because of the effort and energy it takes for the entire season. But if the people want it, the people get what they want. A good show today. We got Zeke Elliott. I know Colin went off about it the other day. I have some thoughts on that. Uh, Baker Mayfield, a long article was written about him in in ESPN. And I I think we need to be kind of careful the way we, you know, categorize some of the younger players uh, there was a coaching list that came out, and Kyle Shanahan became pretty polarizing uh, in terms of he was way down on the list. I, somehow John Gruden was way above him. 
And I, I know Colin basically compared him to Belichick. And I, I just have some thoughts on coaching lists in general. Like, to me, it's much easier to do a player list than a coaching list because they're not all on the same cycle. We'll dive into that. And then I saw Vic Fangio had some had some great quotes about the importance of training camp, the importance of interaction with your fans. And I know I'm lucky enough in the Bay Area, back when I was allowed to go to Raiders training camp, they do a good job in Napa allowing fans. The Niners have done, have changed the last couple of years, allow fans in there. And when, when I was in Philly, uh, they no longer go to Lehigh, but we used to go where C.J. McCollum, the Blazers, you know, star shooting guard, uh, went to college. We we would go away for three weeks, and it, it was awesome. And I, and I do think it served a purpose, and I saw firsthand. It used to be 10,000 people showing up to practice. The interaction with your players and the fans, to me, is is something the more money you make, and the NFL has never made more money, you know, you lose touch with that type of stuff. And that, to me, the grassroots stuff always does matter. And then, obviously, the Middlecoff mailbag. Do it every week. Uh, I banged out a bunch of you guys' questions earlier in the week, and then I've reached out to a bunch of you guys on direct message. You can always slide up in my DMs. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. DMs wide open. Ask me any question you want, football, or just about life, or anything. Uh, And just hit me up, and then we'll answer it here. But I'm going to start with Zeke. And big story, I might have been Monday, that he's thinking about holding out. And my jaw almost hit the floor. And it made me think, when I was younger, you like, you know, probably like five to fifty. I mean, until I left the house in high school, I, I was not an easy kid to raise. I used to get in a lot of trouble, and not like big trouble, but I used to just push the envelope. I, I would get grounded a lot. I would just get in trouble, but I was also good. I got good grades, played sports, so I, you know, there's a balance to me. But I used to push my parents' buttons. Uh, one day, karma will get me bad whenever I have children. Uh, my unborn children will probably not be easy to raise. But I also like to play with my friends or whatever. And then while I'd be in trouble, I'd ask my dad, yo, can I go spend the night at Ryan's house? Yo, can I go hang out with uh, with Travis? And they'd say no. Well, you would never ask when you were in the middle of being grounded for the weekend, right? You knew you wouldn't have the option to go over to hang out with your friends. Go sleep over. Go do whatever you wanted to do. Now, if you asked when you weren't in trouble, usually, if you were doing everything the right way, you get to do whatever you wanted to do. And I started thinking today, or I thought this a couple days ago, because one, this should be a universal take if Ezekiel Elliott, and again, I I don't want to go in too hard because we don't know what he's going to do. But the reports from, I know Charles Robinson of Yahoo, clearly is pretty close, must be tied in with the agent because he's, he's known different thing about Zeke and different stuff with the Cowboys over the years. And... He thinks that they're at an impasse right now, and he's probably going to hold out. And, and I just, and I get that Twitter and the media tends to be very, very pro player. And I would imagine if you listen to me, you think I'm like anti player. I'm really, like, I understand where Melvin Gordon's coming from. Hell, I understand where Clowney's coming from. I'm not going to fran- sign the franchise tag. I know you don't want me long term. This one bothers me, though. And this is one of those that in 2019, you watch, no one in the media, I would imagine, will be that critical of Zeke, and that, that that's just wrong. Because if Zeke holds out, you don't get to hold out when you've been in trouble with the law every single year since you've been in the NFL. And the number one guy who supported you, the number one person, was the owner of the team. The reason you're on the Cowboys was because back in the day when they were having the draft meetings, remember the remember a lot of people in those Cowboys draft meetings wanted Jalen Ramsey? And you can't draft a running back at number four. And Jerry Jones said, screw that, I'm taking Zeke Elliott. 
And every single time that he's got in trouble, Jerry Jones has got his back. And now, and just again after Jerry's got his back you know, recently, that thing that happened in Vegas, he's going to hold out in training camp? Here's the other thing. It's not like Zeke Elliott has been underpaid. When he signed his contract, when he was the number four overall pick, he got $24.5 million guaranteed. His fifth-year option next year will pay him $9 million. So in five years, he'll have made $33.5 million. We know for a fact that Jerry Jones likes him, wants to play him, and wants him to be a part of this team long-term. This is not a Clowney situation where Clowney looks at Bill O'Brien and goes, I know you don't really like me as a player, one. Two, I know you don't want to pay me long-term. I get that. This is Zeke. This guy's been like a father figure to you. He's gone to the mat for you. He has he drafted you. And he wants you to be a main part of this team for a long time. And you're going to slap him in the face and not show up to training camp after you've just been in trouble? It, it, again, I have someone that never been in really big trouble with the law. One time I almost got in big trouble with the law. And my dad saved me. <laughs> I got... It was a bad deal. I mean, it's so far ago. It was my senior year in high school. I was out super late. Usually my parents were a little older. They went to bed early. For whatever reason, he stayed up this night. I don't know why he did. And I I probably should have got a DUI in front of our house. It would have been a really bad deal. My senior year in high school. He came out. I mean, it was probably 3 o'clock in the morning. Again, by the time I left high school, I'd I'd live life. And talk the cop out of it. And I was in big, big trouble for a while. I mean, big trouble. I mean, when I just couldn't go anywhere, it sucked. But I didn't like, hey, can I go hang out at Mike's house? You know, I, I just kind of laid low. Like, hey, hey, Zeke. Hey, bro. Maybe it's time for you to lay low. Remember two years ago you got suspended for six games? Jerry got in a fight with the commissioner? Remember this year when every time that it seems like you get in trouble once every three months, Jerry's always got your back, and now you're going to hold out? That. A complete slap into Jerry Jones' face. If I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be borderline offended. Again, I I feel like I'm going all in. I don't even know if he's going to hold out. There's a chance he doesn't hold out. Because he should not hold out. I I get why Melvin Gordon holds out. He's always injured. And he knows that he's going to get one contract. Well, Zeke's pretty durable, one. And two, he's been highly paid. He was the fourth overall pick. After next year, he will have made $33.5 million. And he has an owner that wants to pay him long term. But you do not get to hold out when you're in constant trouble. That's not the way this thing works. You know? You, you just, you can't get in trouble with the law once every other month and then and have the organization support you at every single turn and then you turn in kind of selfish. And I get uh, agents super greedy. Obviously the agent wants more money. That's more money for his pocket. But Zeke should have some self-awareness here like, if you told me Dak was holding out, if you told me that Dak's not showing up at training camp, I'd go, you know what? He's played three years at a very, very low price. Uh, he has, He's the quarterback, and he's a good guy. He's been in zero trouble. Like, yeah, he might have a little leverage. Like, I'm sorry, Zeke. You got zero. I repeat, you could argue he's in the negative uh, stratosphere of, of leverage. And honestly, buddy... In 2019, I get social media will support you because they hate the man. They hate the owner. Always taking the advantage of the employee. Like, no one should feel sorry for Zeke here. 
Twitter should borderline turn on Zeke if he holds out because it's a joke. I mean, I mean, it really is. If if social media, if, if he does hold out and social media is like, Zeke's in the right. I, I, I think we've officially jumped the shark and I no longer, I mean, I, I, I try to rarely now take Twitter that seriously, but I will officially retire from ever taking anything ever said on Twitter seriously again. If the overwhelming consensus is Zeke, is Zeke's getting screwed, he's in the right, Jerry deserves to pay him more money. Because we're teeter-tottering on that right now, and I'm afraid where we're going, but this seems pretty black and white to me. You you don't get to be suspended, constantly in trouble with the law, have an owner that gets in fights with the commissioner over you because he's supporting you, and then you hold out when you know you think you should make a little more money, even though you're already making a ton and have a ton more coming to you, and have an owner. And I'd say this for Dak, too, while his situation's differently. Here's the thing. Like, if you play for Belichick, yeah, he probably wants to get rid of you, right? If you play for Howie, the moment you slip, he'll get rid of you. You play for Jerry, and he you, he drafted you? He doesn't just wants you. He's going to pay you. Like, you have the most loyal player guy. I mean, Sean Lee's been on the team for 25 years. Sean Lee gets hurt every year. Jerry loved Romo. I mean, Jerry, if anything, is too emotional with his players. Zeke, take a deep breath. Stop having your agent and some of your your friends whisper dumb nothings into your ear about how you're getting screwed. You're not, my man. You're in a fantastic situation. You should ride this thing to a Hall of Fame career, be a Cowboy all-time great, and Jerry's going to pay you. But but my advice would be just stay out of trouble for six months and then reevaluate your status. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. 
touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let's dive into Baker Mayfield. You know, one of the more polarizing players right now in the NFL. And one of the young, you know, I think a guy that a lot of people around the NFL look like that's going to be a franchise quarterback one day. And there was an article written in ESPN, the magazine. I read it the other day. And it's something that I think about a lot. And Baker talked about, you know, obviously he has like this running thing with Colin. And he talks about interacting on social media. And I, I remember, I vividly remember, maybe my second year with the Eagles, like 2011. Like, Twitter was nowhere near what it was now. Even Facebook, Instagram didn't even exist. And we were going to hire a guy to be an intern, and I remember us Googling him and reading his tweets. And one, I remember a negative we had on the guy, would he be like talking about what he was doing with his buddies. And I look back on that now and think how stupid that is. Like, there is a generation of people, including myself, that just conduct our lives a little differently through social media. And I think Baker Mayfield, like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, even though he's on social media now, like, for the majority of their life, it was just a lot different than a lot of these young, up-and-coming quarterbacks. Like, I can tweet about Patrick Mahomes right now. I can tweet at him. And because I'm verified... If he has the alert, it might pop up on his phone. Like, we could probably interact right now if I wanted to. And that just wasn't even possible a long time ago. But I also think a lot of these players use stuff for good through social media. Like, and I know Colin had been on a big thing forever. Like, say what you want about Peyton Manning. And I was always a Peyton Manning fan. He's a little bit fraudulent with his a million endorsements. Because he endorses a ton of things that he clearly does not use in his everyday life. And you could always say one thing about Brady. He had like three endorsements. He drives a Maserati, he wears Uggs, and he wears a Rolex. You know, Peyton's had a little bit kind of, he had a little shack to him. The one thing is shack was very fun with it. Peyton like acted like he was driving a Buick. Tiger used to be like that too. It's kind of fraudulent. You know, when I endorse a product, I use it. Now, part of me using it is because they're paying me to use it, but I'm legitimately using it. So, I'll say one thing for Baker Mayfield. He's pretty candid and transparent. I would say the thing I appreciate about him most, beside his accuracy, which is a number one skill you have to have as a quarterback, but as a person, is he's pretty authentic. Like, what you see is what you get. And he is going to mature. Follow him on Instagram. Actually, follow his new wife on Instagram. I actually think that'll help him out a lot. Being married. I think one of the biggest negatives uh, that kind of work has worked against Kevin Durant, he's just a single guy. He has way too much free time that he spends on the internet. 
Because Baker talked about how sometimes he uses stuff on social media for, for motivation. I actually don't think that's unhealthy. I think when that rules your life and dictates your moods, when you're married, that some comment on social media is not going to, you know, control your life. But Kevin Durant, his moods are dictated by what Colin and First Take and shows like that say. Where Baker Mayfield, to me, there's a balance with it. And I also think, listen, we're in a generation, every one of these quarterbacks under 30 years old, we're going to interact and see part of their life that we just didn't get to see with Tom Brady. I mean, we kind of do with Brady now because he's on Instagram. We never did with with Peyton Manning. We never did with Brett Favre. We never did with the quote-unquote guys that have the quarterbackial, as Colin would say, kind of aura to them. Like the, the thing with the Mayfields and the Mahomes, it's a little bit harder to be a fraud. I, my biggest pet peeve in life is when anyone's a fraud. When you say one thing and you do another. It's the Bobby Knight school of thought. Do as I say, not as I do. I try to personally live my life. If I say something, I actually do that thing. I, I, I despise hypocrites. And I think a lot of these young quarterbacks, like their lives are right in front of our faces. Literally, because they Instagram and tweet everything. We get to kind of just follow them, which is cool. And I think we have to, you know, obviously the stuff on the field, and even even I think Odell falls under this category, that I I give room for mistakes for young people. You know, especially people in their young 20s with a lot of money. I, I, I judge you when you do slappy things when you're 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Like you're held to a higher standard. Now, you can argue quarterbacks are held to a super high standard, and that's true. But, I, you know, I, I would imagine in these next couple years, newlywed guy uh, has had now a lot, a microscope on him for the last couple years. You're going to see growth in this human. It, it's hard, in my opinion, to be a complete slap when you're married, when, you're, when you become the quarterback, because so many people depend on you. I'm actually less worried about anything off the field with Baker maturity, uh, his focus. Like, I, I, he's learned from the Duke Johnson thing. Because I, when he said the comments about Duke Johnson, I crushed him here. And then a couple days later, a report came out that a lot of people in the locker room came up to him and I, they talked it out, maybe apologized, whatever. Like, I, you get room for that. He was a rookie quarterback. To me, it's like, is he going to be good enough? And that's my biggest apprehension with Baker, who I think he's going to be a good player. But everyone has already anointed him as this superstar guy. Like, the, the least of my worries is him. Like you can clap back on Twitter. That, that's what Twitter's for. Like, I, I got news for you. I never judge a player, even Durant, for just going back and forth with someone. I think that where I do criticize, and Durant takes the most heat of anyone, it dictates Durant's life. Like, I don't feel it dictates Baker's life. So, th- this millennial version of just these younger players in the NBA, in the NFL... Like, we, we have to judge them a little differently because of the things and the exposure that they had that, that the older guys never had. I mean, I, I know enough people and have heard some of the stories about Joe Montana and just some of the guys on those famous Walsh teams. If word got out, people's jaw would hit the floor. Uh, and I don't really think these guys are doing it in this generation at that level because you can't. You can't hide from anything. So I think sometimes we overreact. I thought the article was, was pretty good, a little bit of a fluff piece. But let the, the, again, the least of my worries right now, 
because I'm betting anytime a guy gets married or in a serious relationship, I, I think it just matures us because there's there's not a question that we're the less mature sex. Sometimes that, that just helps us out. And the other thing, when you're a starting quarterback, you're forced into maturity. So I think at the end of the day, Baker's going to be fine. And, and let's call it what it is. There's a lot of pressure on him this year. Uh, so fighting with people on social media, like I, I would recommend just don't even waste time with that this season because the pressure is going to be immense. Okay, one thing that kind of made the rounds, I guess it was an article uh, earlier this week from NFL.com, Elliot something ranked every head coach in the NFL. And Colin had an interesting take about Belichick. The next Belichick is Kyle Shanahan. And I, I just started thinking a lot about that. Just the list. You know, Belichick was one, Sean Payton, Andy Reid, you know, McVeigh, Doug Peterson. Yeah, I, I don't have the list in front of me. Tomlin was up there, Harbaugh. But I just started thinking, like, to me with players, for example, it's pretty easy to go, who's the better quarterback? Uh, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning? Who's the better quarterback? Who would you rather have over their career? Aaron Rodgers and Big Ben. Both of them have similar length of resumes, right? Who would you rather have? Andrew Luck or Russell Wilson? What young player would you rather have? Mahomes or Wentz? What it, we do it all the time in the draft because they're all equals. You're both draft eligible and you're both 21 or 20 years old, right? What what point guard is better? Steph Curry, Chris Paul. They're separated by a year or two in age. But when you do coaches, think about this. Like I don't even think we should be able to this list is stupid. Because how do you compare Matt Nagy, who again, I'm biased in love and I think he's going to be a great coach. But to Sean Payton, Sean Payton's been a head coach now for 15 years. Andy Reid's been a head coach now for 20 years. Belichick's been a head coach now for like 25 years. Even Sean McVay and Doug Peterson, who again, I'm I'm high on all these guys. Sean McVay's been a head coach for two seasons. And even Kyle, who's of all the young guys that I think we all think is good, his two seasons have been shitty. But you could argue, like Sean McVay, let's just use this. How can I possibly compare Sean McVay to Bill Belichick? Belichick's been coaching the NFL since 1975. He's 68 years old, and he's been a head coach of the same place now for 20-plus years, and he's also coached another place for six. So he's had a combined 25 to 26 years as a head coach. Sean McVay's a year younger than me, and he's been a head coach for two years. Like, maybe we should just wait. There should be separate tiers of coaches. The guys that have 10-plus years experience. Andy... Belichick, Sean Payton, Tomlin, Harbaugh. You can kind of compare those guys. But I can't compare Sean McVay to any of those guys. I haven't seen him have a season when his starting quarterback breaks his leg in September. Like, I was thinking about this. Like, Sean McVay, for the most part, everything he's done, and I think Sean McVay's good, and I think he's going to be a big-time head coach for a long period of time. But I haven't seen a curveball happen in his career yet. Like, it's October 1st, and Jared Goff tears his ACL. Like, say what you want. Like, what the reason I know Doug's going to be pretty good? I watched Carson Wentz tear his ACL and him rattle off wins and get to the Super Bowl and win it. Last year, it happened again, and they won a playoff game. Even Kyle, who hasn't had any success yet as a head coach, I've watched him have no quarterback, yet keep the morale up and his team keep playing hard, then get Jimmy and then win, and then the following year have some pressure on him because they thought the Niners were going to be good. Jimmy tears his ACL him keep his head up, and then develop another young quarterback in Nick Mullins. 
Now, again, is Kyle ever going to make the playoffs? I don't know. He's been head coach for two years. He's 38, 39, 40 years old, however old he is. We're kind of comparing apples and oranges, even though they're all head coaches. How can I possibly compare Matt Nagy to, uh, I don't know, uh, I almost said Jim, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh's been a head coach since like 07. Matt Nagy started coaching in 2018. Like they, they, have, they, they don't have that much in common besides their title. So I, I think these lists, like when we do a player list, top 100 NFL players, unless you're a rookie, most players have played, if you're really good, between three and six years beside quarterbacks. Like there's somewhat, there's similarities between guys, right? You're all in relatively the same era. That's not true for coaches. Some coaches are now 35 years old. Other guys are 60. Like Pete Carroll's been a head coach at three different places and coached at SC forever. How can I possibly compare him to like Matt LaFleur? Or Bruce Arians is 60 whatever years old and he's even unique. He's only coached for five years. Now we have a pretty good resume. He's a pretty good coach. But I just started thinking how stupid this list is. Because how do you, it's just, it's just, it's fake. And obviously all lists are. They don't have any meaning. But when I list a player, let's list our top 10 quarterbacks. It's a legitimate argument. When I list coaches, well, what if in, what if in 10 years, what if Kyle Shanahan coached the 49ers for 10 years and he makes the playoffs seven out of the 10? Well, at the time when we judged him two years in, he didn't sniff the playoffs. What if it's the vice versa for Sean McVay? And I'm not saying this is going to happen. But what if John McVay doesn't make the playoffs for the next three years? We're going to view him differently. These guys sample sizes, if I wanted to take the nerd analytical look at this, like all of these guys sample sizes are all over the board. That's where even when we talk quarterbacks, like we always compared Brady to to Manning. We always kind of compared Rodgers to the Big Ben group, Phillip Rivers. Luck is compared to Wilson. Mahomes and all the young guys are all kind of, Wentz, that whole group's going to be compared to each other. So, with coaches, I mean, Coach Reed's over 60, Kyle Shanahan is 40. One guy's been coaching since 99, the other guy's been a head coach since 2017. It's it's impossible to compare them. It can't even, it's stupid. After two years, if I was like, you know, if this was 2000, what do you think of Andy Reed? How many people are like, "Ah, I don't know if he's any good. (laughs) Well, obviously, you look a lot different 10 years later. And that the coaching, the it's to me. I just started thinking about like how good is McVay? I got no clue. I mean, I think he's good. I, hell, I think Kyle's good. I, I think Nat, Matt Nagy's good. I don't think Matt Lafleur's good. I don't think Kingsbury's going to be that good. I could be wrong in like six years. They haven't even coached. <laughs> we got to see, right? I, I never thought Jim Harbaugh was going to be that great with the Niners, and he kicked ass. He was incredible for like four years. And, and even you could argue his NFL sample size is really small. Like, would Jim Harbaugh come back and be as good? I don't know. It's much easier to judge a Sean Payton, an Andy Reid, a Mike Tomlin, when they have 10-plus years of experience and a resume to go off of. Well, you go, well, he has won the division six of 10 years. You go, yeah, that guy's pretty good. What if Harbaugh came back and never won another NFL division the next time he came back to the league? I, I don't know. So I, I, I think this, my main takeaway is this list is the stupidest thing I've ever read in my life because I, I really think it is impossible. I think the only thing we know set in stone is Belichick's at number one. After that, like currently, yeah, the Sean Payton and Andy Reid, 
They should be better than McVeigh and Kyle and Nagy and all those guys. But what if in you know what if in ten years McVeigh's a three time Super Bowl winner? What if Matt Nagy's a two time Super Bowl winner? Just they haven't ever coached. You know they they have so much of their career. Unlike a player who, if it's like you're six for seven for Khalil Mack, for the most part we know Khalil Mack's an all time great player, but he's not going to get any better. Just how long can he sustain it? Like Matt Nagy, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, they coach for like 30 more years. Think how, think how young they are when they, especially McVay. How's Sean McVay not going to be a head coach for like 40 years? I mean, think about it. So I guess my main takeaway is coaching lists are the most moronic lists you can possibly make. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. 
or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. I saw something from actually a head coach, and a personal favorite of mine, in Vic Fangio, and he said something that resonated with me. Because up until I worked in the NFL, I had never been to an NFL game. My first NFL game was when I worked in the league. My first ever NFL practice was when I worked in the NFL. Most people do not get to experience this stuff. I say it all the time about ticket prices, definitely with the NBA. People got to be very careful, athletes, talking down on the consumer. I think they, when you become rich, you become very out of touch. And I think there is some elements to the NFL. They've never made more money, you know, from just media sales, through their team website. They're just, they're rolling in cash, an unlimited amount of cash. And if you're sitting in their seat, they've got to be thinking it's never going to stop. But as we know, trust me, I'm a Netflix stockholder. Things can change on you. But there is one thing that makes the NFL pretty special, or at least it historically has. Most training camps, for a long period of time, training camps used to leave the team facility and go somewhere, usually to a smaller college. I remember Bill Walsh used to take the team to Rockland uh, in Sacramento. The Raiders go up to Napa. When I was in Philly, we went to Lehigh. And it becomes, it becomes a getaway, you know, from a, for a franchise where all your focus on football. But it also becomes a great avenue and venue for your fans to watch you play. And if anyone's ever listening to this, been to an NFL training camp, like it's just you get to meet the players, and especially younger people. You know what? I I can name like on one hand the professional athletes I met before I was ten years old. I st- you still remember that to this day? Byron Scott, Mitch Richmond, Spud Webb, Muhammad Ali, Dusty Baker basketball camp. I don't know. Dusty Baker was a coach of the Giants at the time, but I don't even know if that counts. But you 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 remember that stuff. And the one thing with training camps is nowadays all these training camps are just staying at the team facility. And when you do that, when I used to go, when we in Philly go to Lehigh, there would be some days, I swear to God, it felt like there were 15,000 people there. And I I know the Bears go somewhere, but most teams no longer do this. And one thing I've been reading is a lot of teams are doing less and less open practices. Because, of course, the coach, if it's their choice, is not going to do open practice. You can, I mean, let's call it, football is, uh, it's a sketchy sport in terms of people steal stuff. So you would send, you know, some incognito scouts to steal stuff. I, I get it. But I think back in the day, people didn't worry about that. And I thought Vic Fangio, when he was tipped off, I, I know the Broncos run open practices. He had a great comment. I'm going to read this to you. This is Vic Fangio's words. I didn't realize we had the most, but I think we have good fans in Denver. Let me restart this. The history of the NFL, you had to go to college campuses back in the day because NFL facilities didn't look like they do now. When I first went to the Saints in the mid-80s, we had an 80-yard grass field. We had no cafeteria. Guys would go to a greasy deli for lunch across the street. So we were forced to go to small college campuses to have our two-a-day practices because they had a cafeteria, because they had classrooms, and because they had dorms to sleep in. A byproduct of that was fans could come and watch. I think one of the things, a small thing, that has driven the NFL to become the most popular sport in the country is that you let people come and watch practice. People that maybe can't afford to go to a game and maybe get an autograph from a player. 
Maybe a player shakes their hand or throws them a wet ba- uh, a sweat band or a glove. You do that with a young person, and you got a fan for life. And football has a fan for life. There's more to be gained out of that than any advertising slogan or any commercial that you put on TV. So I think it's a good thing, and I'll embrace it. The players will embrace it as well. I wish there could be more of them here. But I think about half or less than NFL teams now that don't go to college campuses and don't have the wherewithal to have people at their facilities to watch practice, and I think it's a little bit of a negative. And I think the one, he hit it on the head right there, indirectly. And Fangio's an old school guy. And listen, I I am as progressive as you get in terms of social media, advertising, all that stuff. But there is still nothing like meeting a human in person than an advertising campaign or slogan on your Instagram or following the team on Twitter. And one thing that's becoming abundantly clear is these practices, the availability at them, are only going to become less and less as we move forward. And I think he hit at another thing. The majority of people in this country and the majority of NFL fans, let's just say 100% of the NFL fan bubble, the majority of those people will never attend an NFL game. Simply put, they can't afford it because most people don't make that much money. But you could go to a practice because a lot of times they used to be free to go to. Maybe they cost $5, but you can't afford a $200 ticket because you or, and to take your kid and to park. That's a $500 day. If you make... I'm no math major, but if you make 50 grand, uh, that's before taxes. So you actually see probably 35. $500 is a lot of money to you. And go to one NFL game, you can't. Especially if you're, you know, you're paying your cable bill, you're just going to watch it on television. And it's clear where the NFL is going because they care about the bottom line. And you can't grassroots marketing like that. When I, when, you know, Deshaun Jackson, I used to watch these guys go and these kids light up. And I see it with the 49ers, the Forrest Buckner go, or Raiders, Derek Carr, Khalil Mack. Now, the Raiders are a little different because only season ticket holders, maybe a couple days they do where it's open to anyone, but I don't I think it might be only season ticket holders. But regardless, that interaction when a seven-year-old who Khalil Mack's your favorite player, when you get to meet that person, it changes your life. I, I, I don't even think that's hyperbole. I, I can't imagine when I was 10 years old if I would have got to meet Michael Jordan or I would have got to meet Steve Young. I got to text with Steve Young like a month ago, and I'm trying to get him on my other podcast with Haberman and Milkoff, and he texts me back, and he said, you know, I'm super busy, text me a little later, I'm going to try to get him in the near future, but I took a step back, like I tried to play it cool, I just realized, Steve Young just freaking text me, I mean, do you know what nine-year-old John would say that you're at, you have Steve Young's phone number? Like, this stuff does matter to young people. Because most of us become NFL fans when we're young and we see our dad or brother like the sport, right? And we get favorite players. And for the 99% of us, we don't get ever to meet those players. Now it's a little different now, like I said earlier, with social media. But this, everything in the NFL, and I think you got to be careful with this. And I try to cognitively think about this in my life. Because now that I kind of own some podcasts and own stuff, like money, every dollar that comes in, like, I touch, you know, it's not like I'm working for someone and they're paying, I'm working for me. So when I get money and you, I realize these NFL owners, they get money hungry because they realize they do a hundred million dollar deal. They keep the deal, right? They do a big marketing deal. They keep the cash and it can consume you. And I, I know we're on that level, but I understand. I think most people listening, if you're, if you have a sales job and you get 
20% on every sale or what on certain huge sales or whatever, it can consume you. You're like, damn, this is a lot of money. And it can incentivize you where the only thing you're thinking about is cash. And listen, the NFL is a business, but I say it all the time with pro sports in general, their business is 1 million percent predicated on people and the fans and the base of the people watching and consuming their product. Because that's the reason why ESPN and CBS and NBC pay so much money. Because of the people. Because if you play NFL, it distributes people to watch. Just like the NBA. When the NBA starts talking crap about their fans, like you realize all this money is because of people watching. That's why everyone pays a lot of money to be associated with your product. It's because you have a lot of people that follow you. It's just basic numbers. And I think the NFL has got to be careful. And Fangio is an old school guy. But I think he's on to something, and I, I think the NFL is coming down a slippery slope, and we're already hearing it with the next CBA. Money, 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 money. And I agree, you all, money is the most important thing when you run a business. But you also got to be cognizant about your consumer, about the way you're treating people, and maybe they're at the point where they're just, we're too big to fail. We're like the banks, right? You can't. Obama couldn't let the Wells Fargo or Bank of America go under. Our country goes under. So they had to bail them out, right? They 100% had to bail out the banks. Like, because there was more at stake than just the banks. There was me and you, right? So, and I think there's a greater good sometimes, and the less and less, as these older owners get so consumed with their cash and they've never made more, I think what made the NFL great, and what made all these sports great, you lose touch with it a little bit. And the players, and I'll say this about the players, you put them in front of the fans, like at these training camps, to me, they thrive. Like, they're always so good with the kids. And like Vic says, you have a fan for life. The moment 8-year-old James or Billy or Matt or Mike gets to shake hands with Marcus Mariota or Carson Wentz or Aaron Donald, uh, I can't even imagine that feeling. And that feeling is just dying more every year in the NFL. Yeah, they can follow him on Twitter or Instagram. But but there's something like when you get to shake the guy's hand or, eat, hell, just even see him in person. Where a lot of these people will, will never attend an NFL game. Okay, let's get to the Middlecoff mailbag. And where I answer your questions, you guys slide up in those DMs. At John Middlecoff my Insta handle. And then I'll fire right here. Diehard Packer fan, John. I know you don't think LaFleur will be a good coach for the Pack, but do you think there's any chance that they will be a 9-10 win playoff team? Certainly the defense has gotten a lot better, and with Rodgers, anything can happen. I'll say this. I don't not like the Packers roster. I think that, like you said, defensively, Mike Pettin has been a very good defensive coordinator in this league. They've drafted defensive players the last several years. They had a good offseason of signing some offense, uh, defensive players, pass rushers. That young quarterback, Jair Alexander, looks like he's got a chance to be a star. And when he's on, Aaron Rodgers is special. The thing I keep coming back to, though, is Rodgers going to like and respect the head coach. And I, I just have a hard time seeing that. I, I, I really do. Uh, but I, I, if the like if the Arizona Cardinals won nine games, I'd be floored. You know, I'm trying to think. If the Bengals won nine games, I'd be floored. If the Packers won nine games, I would not be floored. Now, I would have just been wrong on the floor. Now, I'm judging him based off what I know about him from people in the league and his press conference, so I'm not claiming that I have like some hard evidence. 
It's kind of a gut feeling, educated guess, and then just already seeing some weird stuff happen with him and Aaron. But they, they've they've won the majority of my lifetime. You know, once Ron Wolf and Holmgren got there, they've been kicking ass since '92. I mean, how many losing seasons have they had since '92? Packer fans, you, I mean, you know that number. Not many. You know, even like Wood McCarthy asked, or I remember we said it two years ago when they went eight and eight. They asked him like. You know, the team still play hard or whatever. Do you hold your head high? He said, no, we're the Green Bay Packers. Now, I know McCarthy's kind of been shit on a lot the last couple of years. But he's right, they're the Green Bay Packers. And in my lifetime, when I think the Green Bay Packers, I think Favre, Rodgers, and I think winning. Maybe not that many Super Bowls. Obviously, they've only won two Super Bowls over that run, which is kind of crazy. You know what's pretty nuts? Is you go from Favre to Rodgers, you think, like, God, they could have won, like, four or five Super Bowls. And now you could say the same thing about the Colts. Like, God, you had Peyton Manning, and now you have Andrew Luck. You got to have one Super Bowl to show for it. You got to take advantage when you have good quarterbacks. You know, even Big Ben, they've won a couple, right? Obviously, Brady's the best case, but you get a good quarterback. Like, you got Mahomes, you want to win like two or three. Huge Colts fan, and would love to know, love to know on the Middlecoff mailbag how many Super Bowls you believe Peyton Manning would have been if he had Belichick on the, if he would have been with Belichick in the past the whole time. Uh, good little segue here. Uh, you know, I think he would have had just as many as Brady. They would have won 0-1. He was a better player earlier. They they, they would have dominated 0-1, 0-2, 0-3, 0-4. Their defense was so good. And Manning was incredible back in 2000s. Now, the one question would be, like, one big, you know, difference between the two quarterbacks is Brady's a much better outside quarterback. Why, he's got a much better arm. You know, he, he throws with more velocity. Well, when it's 10 degrees outside and the wind chill factor and you can't feel your hands, the arm strength kind of matters. Like, that's why I'll take my chances with Favre or Mahomes or Brady or big young Big Ben in his prime. Even those couple years when Eli got hot. I mean, think about the games Eli won on the road against Green Bay, coming to San Francisco in that rainstorm, you know, in that game. Uh, it, it matters. So, you I'd say about you know about as many as Brady, five or six. Because don't ever forget, Peyton Manning was so much better than Brady early on. Now, Brady flipped the switch in like 07, and he became Peyton-like. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say five. In 2016, Mariota and had his healthiest year and threw for 3,400 yards, 28 touchdowns, and nine picks with a 95.6 quarterback rating, with Delaney Walker as his only weapon. Do you think, with the defense continuing to get better, and the weapons he has now, Corey Davis, Derrick Henry, Walker, who's Walker? Adam Humphreys, rookie A.J. Brown. Is is Delaney, I know he had a bad injury last year. I wonder if he's healthy right now. I guess we'll find out when they show up training camp. If he's able to return and stay healthy, the Titans can be a serious contender. I, I think the Titans are going to be good. I, I can't believe so many people are poo-pooing the Titans. They made the playoffs two years ago. They won a road playoff game. Last year, Mariota got hurt week, whatever, 16. They had a winner get-in game week 17. Now, part of that was because the Colts started 0-5. Titans are just good. Like you said, they play good defense, they run the ball, and if Mariota's, if their passing game is productive, they're a playoff team. If you told me the the Tennessee Titans throw for 35 touchdowns, and that would be Mariota or Tannehill, I'd say, yeah, they're a playoff team. They're just a well-run operation. So, yeah, I, I think they are... For whatever reason, they fly under the radar because everyone's blowing the Colts, and rightfully so. They've earned it. 
The Texans have all these sexy players, Watt, Hopkins, Deshaun, uh, Clowney. They're just, you know, uh, I was going to say Honey Badger, but he's gone now. Who else am I missing on that team? Well, Will Fuller, you know, runs like a 3-8-40. But, yeah, I mean, I, who's to say the Texans are better than Titans? Uh, 49ers fan from Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, wow, sounds cool. Never been there, obviously, because I've never been to Scotland. Wanted to know your opinions on the Niners possibly investing too much into players who may be fragile this season. D. Ford, Quan Alexander, Jason Verrett have all injury issues. Jimmy G. McKinnon coming back from ACLs. Nick Bosa, he's already been hurt. Do you think the 49ers season may depend too much on these players stepping up and remaining healthy? And if they don't, do you see the Niners being the uh, next year top of the draft? Well, the Niners have had the most, most injuries I've ever witnessed in a two-year stretch. It's just insane. Now, I saw some rating, like the the amount of actual guys that have been hurt, it's ranked like 24th, and I think last year was 29th. So they've been up near the league lead. But you could say that about most teams. I'd say the difference, I'd say the Eagles and the 49ers, the number one question, both of them are paying their quarterbacks huge money. Can their guys stay on the field? Now, at least Carson Wentz has played, Carson Wentz played way more football than Jimmy. Like, can Jimmy G play 16 games? Because as I sit here and record this podcast, 5.50 on July 18th, I I don't know how I could say with a straight face, yeah, I'm confident he'll play 16 games. He's literally played 10 and been injured in two of them. And the injuries, one broke his shoulder or dislocated his shoulder, and the other one he tore his ACL. It's not like he rolls his ankle or, you know, dislocates a pinky. He has major injuries. So they're depending on Nick Bosa, who I wasn't that big of a fan on. But people in the league try to talk me into him. Okay, I'll even give him a chance. Well, I, I, the first practice I went to this spring, I go, oh, yeah, the Niners got a couple new defensive line. I walk all the way around the practice field. I go watch the defensive linemen. Within two reps of just basic, you know, uh, football on a stick, as Rich Eisen always talks about, football on a stick. You just move that football, and the guys just get off. Yeah, this one, they actually had a drill like the offensive lineman was standing there. You had to go around him. But again, no pads, just like three steps worth of drill. And he pulled his hamstring. I mean, it was like clockwork. I, I John Middlecoff, I walk around the field. I, I didn't mean to go third person there. And I'm standing there, and I look, and then all of a sudden he starts limping. And no one really noticed. I remember Matt Mayoko, I'm sure many of you guys follow him on, on Twitter. He's like the Niners' main beat guy on Twitter. And I go, Matt, I think he's hurt. And no one's really paying attention. And then you see him limping around, limping around, and then he just never goes back into practice. And that that was it for his OTAs. So, yeah, I think their injuries are a major question mark. I know everyone talks about there being no parity with Clemson and Bama always winning. I know the Pac-12 is widely considered the weakest conference, but I think this is Oregon's best shot since 2014. They're returning Justin Herbert, an offensive line with the most combined starts, I think, question mark. Well, if you're going to go, I'm going to assume you're right a beast Penn State wide receiver transfer, and a bevy of four- and five-star recruits, including the number one guy. Can they win a playoff game or two? Thanks. Yeah, they had a big-time recruiting class. I know they've nailed some JC recruits the last couple years, like five-star guys. To me, they have a quarterback that could be the number one pick in the draft. Like you said, the the conference is down, but here's the thing. The South Conference is down. SC sucks. UCLA is terrible. Uh, Arizona's not any good. Arizona State is like competitive, but they're only a six or seven win team. Utah's good, and Colorado sucks. The the North actually is not bad. Stanford's 
just, I mean, Stanford. Cal actually is a well-coached, tough operation. Oregon State stinks, but obviously this team, Oregon, is good. And then the two Washington schools are Chris Peterson is one of the best coaches in the country, and Mike Leach has that thing humming at Washington State. And you open at Auburn. So in theory, yeah. I mean, the talent is there. You have a star quarterback. Like you said, I don't know much about this Penn State wide receiver. Now you, you kind of pique my interest. I might Google him after I finish recording this podcast. You, Auburn's a must win. You, you have to win. If you're going to make the playoffs, you have to win that game. And then you got to take care of business. But just winning in your division, because it's a conference, but then they split the division, is hard. You know, I, I have to look at their schedule. But regardless of where you play Stanford or Washington or Washington State, like, there's no guarantee that they're winning those games. It's just difficult to win those games. And I think when you look at their coach, you go, do they have a guy that's good enough? And, you know, I, you wouldn't rank, you know, at best he'd be the fourth best coach in the division because Chris Peterson, I'd put Chris Peterson, Dave Shaw, and Mike Leach. You, you could rank any order, one through three, and I'd listen. But th- those three guys are just better than Mario Cristobal. I, and I, I'm a big believer. I don't love coaches that aren't from the area coaching the program. Now, I get he's a good recruiter, and I get when Willie Taggart left, they had to keep him, and he's killed it in recruiting. Now they have a talented team. But you know what? People like me, he can shut me up. Go 12-0. Because if you gave Chris Peterson this roster, I'd say, yeah, they'd be 12-0. I've seen David Shaw go 11-1 with way less talent. So just just win. Like this this is a – and the one thing, if you're an Oregon fan, you go, you've seen your team with good coaches. You guys kick ass. Bilotti for years. Won a lot of games. Chip Kelly came and took him to another level. Talent. Got the job done. That's what was kind of hard with Helford. You're like, God, our team should be better. And the one year they were good. But this season, it's like, okay, Mario. No excuse. You get Auburn, who's kind of sneaky down, and that win would might look better than it actually is. But you can't lose that game. You cannot lose that game. And then you got to take care of business in conference. I'm not confident in Oregon at all. That's pretty clear, I guess, if you're listening to this. But they're definitely a talented team. And, I mean, the quarterback, if he can take a big step, and like you said, they always have skilled guys physically up front on defense. They should be good. But it's just can they coach? Can they outcoach Mike Leach, Chris Peterson, and David Shaw? Because if they do outcoach Gus Malzahn, and week one, you know, in football in general, whether it's college or the NFL – when I say college, like obviously if it's if you're Oregon and you're playing UC Davis, you should kick their ass. But any of the Power Five, you know, if Alabama plays Iowa, you know, or Oregon plays Auburn, or Stanford plays North Carolina, you know, anything can happen week one. So that you take care of business and then, you know, win the conference. Where do you rank leadership and clutchness compared to accuracy and throwing strength? in the ranking of characteristics needed to be possessed by a quarterback. Arguing with friends and they love Rodgers and I love Brady. I think there's more important I think there's nothing more important than leadership. Am I wrong? Well, you're wrong in the sense that on the mo- once you get to the NFL, you have the baseline talent, right? You have the good enough arm, you have the size, you have the ability once you become a starting quarterback. So like Rodgers to Jimmy G to Brady to Jameis like, all these guys have the baseline talent to get drafted, start in the league, beat out whoever their competition is, and be a starting quarterback. Then where you're not wrong is once you're the starter, and that's where we're saying, like, nitpicking Rodgers' mobility compared to Brady. Like, yeah, to me, all Brady's teammates love him. 
Brady's ability to like be a team first guy 24-7, 365, separates him from Rodgers. Like Brady never has issues with coaches. Now I think the counter, if, if Aaron Rodgers was listening, he'd go, well, Brady's had much smarter coaches than me. I've had Meathead McCarthy, and now I got Torn Achilles LaFleur. But I think what separates Brady and Rodgers is I think at the end of the day, Brady's just a better guy. You know, he just, and when you're, when I say a better guy, he's just easier to get along with. One thing's pretty clear, Aaron Rodgers doesn't get along with that many people very easily. And at quarterback, you are dependent on everyone. You're dependent on the five guys blocking for you. You're depending on the guy you're handing off to running it for you. You're dependent on the receivers doing the right thing for you. You're dependent on your offensive coordinator working together with you. Like, it's a dependent position, even though you're quote-unquote technically in control. And I think at the end of the day, in my lifetime, if I had to rank top five teammates of all time, Brady would be one. I'd put Brady and Tim Duncan 1-2. 1A, 1B. You know who else is right there? Steph Curry. Steph Curry, his greatest strength, besides his three-point shooting, is how much guys like playing with him. Whether you're an undrafted free agent or you're a star player. And he even makes an effort, even when you don't, whatever reason, like don't even like him that much or resent him. He flew from China all the way out to New York, even though he knew Kevin Durant was probably going to leave. He's just a high-level, good teammate. Steve Nash, elite teammate. You know, I, I think this, that's a separating factor of some of the guys like Ben. Is Ben kind of a questionable teammate? You know, I, say what you want about Eli Manning. does feel like players kind of like Eli, even though he sucks a little now. Guys always like Eli. People like Phillip Rivers. You know, people need to like you at quarterback. And it's easy to be an arrogant kind of asshole because you're the richest. You're getting all the women. You're getting all the publicity. Like, it's hard to kind of stay humble. And I think one difference is that's not that's not really allowed in New England because Belichick kind of yells at them all and keeps everyone. And now, I, this I give Brady credit. Brady allows Belichick to yell at him. Just like if you ever read about Popovich and Duncan – Duncan allowed Popovich to coach him because he knew then it kind of rolled downhill. If you're, I don't think Rodgers allows that. So, yeah, I, I think the separating factor of the two is the leadership is is math. I mean, it separates all the guys at the highest level. Now, I, <clears throat> it might be overblown. Like, I don't think Rodgers is like a terrible leader, but he clearly is a little flawed for sure. I, I mean, I, Brady all day. I mean, this people love like the Chris Sims of the world act like Aaron Rodgers is the greatest player ever. Like, part of being a elite, elite quarterback, even more, like, you don't have to be a great, like, Kobe Bryant was a terrible leader, but he was a, a top 10 player of all time. Like, Rodgers, part of being a quarterback, you have to lead a little bit, you know? And clearly that's an issue that some of his teammates have with him. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, when I get back, I guess it'll be July 22nd or 23rd. The next time we talk, we're going to have a lot of training camps up and running. You know, and probably my end-of-the-week podcast, well, practice is going. So, we're getting to that time. Football is back! Three and Out podcast never left. But let's keep rolling. Talk to you soon. Three and Out podcast, me, John Middlecoff, tell your friends, Colin Coward Podcast Network. Appreciate y'all, and uh, have a good weekend. See you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. 
like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.